0: Hello, welcome to live at the Astro uh, from the Astro whatever this is your this is the show that you listen to. you queue it up, you queue up all the episodes when you're going to take a long plane ride and you listen to them all in one go and we keep you company the whole way. <laughs> we'll get you that. safely there.
1: I know that how are you guys doing?
0: Good I'm good I'm a little tired I'm a little punchy today.
1: You know what? What did you do?
0: I just like. Stayed up late by myself watching a, a documentary series on Netflix. That
1: is no fun, honey. You need company. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but, like, my girlfriend's out of town, so I got back at like 11 and I was like, I'm gonna binge watch Wild, Wild you Country.
1: Are faithful to her. I am so proud of you. <laughs> you are the around. only faithful man in this world, I bet. Not uh, you. And me. And you.
0: <laughs> That's right. I have my alibi. I was alone yeah. watching Netflix. Oh, yeah. That's not much of an alibi.
1: Netflix? Okay. <laughs>
0: well, in, in, in a way, watching documentaries on Netflix is like my form of infidelity because my girlfriend doesn't really like to watch do- documentaries on Netflix. <laughs> you
1: me. It's a lot of fun. Okay, you invite me, okay? I, I'll talk to her.
0: Will you come over and watch documentaries on oh, Netflix with
1: yeah, me? I love that. Yeah, why not?
0: There's a really good one on... Do you have Netflix?
1: Yeah, I do. What is it?
0: It's called Wild Wild Country. Oh.
1: But no.
0: It's about a uh well some people call it a cult. A guy who's oh. sort of a a leader and That'd they started very a they started a whole city in Oregon. Did you have you heard about this? It was in the early 80s.
1: Yes, I have, Yeah.
0: And it's like I think it's like a six-parter. I'm I'm on 3, I think.
1: I know. Oh. I know. Oh, you got to no, I know, I better go there. I see, I see you in a minute. Yeah. I see you in a bit. All right. Sounds good. Okay.
0: So that was uh, Martha, who is our server. I'm Richard, and the guy
2: who hasn't said anything yet. I said some things. I'm okay. David. Who so are you? I chimed in. I'm David. Introduce yourself. My name is David. What I'm are you David. Doing here? My name is David. I come here every Friday, and we have breakfast. and uh, It's talk a breakfast about, show. Just, yeah. Bro out, eat some food we mellow out
0: bro out oh we bro out yeah oh right so this is the only show where um you get to experience white dudes eating stuff and talking about whatever comes into their mind because what they have to say is so important yeah I we've I, got a lock on pioneers. that market yeah. yeah we're the first one ever so uh, I ran into somebody last night I was talking to her about it She actually said that she likes listening to our podcast on plane rides Really? Yeah, it was like the biggest compliment a I've friend? ever gotten in my whole life
2: A friend of yours? Or a random stranger?
0: A fellow podcaster
2: <laughs> Of course
0: Yeah But uh, it was, I considered it a huge compliment
2: Yeah Or a lie what are you having for breakfast? I, I would like to see a menu. I need to eat some food today. I need to, like, I can't do pie. I need, like, a proper meal.
0: Usually we say, what did you have for breakfast? That's how we get sound levels in the business. Little little insider, <laughs> little shop talk going on now. If you want to get levels, you want to ask your subject about something innocuous that you don't want to get into in the interview. Right. And industry standard is, what would you have for breakfast? Right. Can't do that here. You know what people usually say to that question? What? Uh, I can't, rem- I, I don't think I had breakfast this morning. I get that a lot.
2: I always make the same dumb joke. It's not even a dumb joke, but I get trapped in this loop where, like, the people will do their, whatever breakfast, and I'm always, like, instinctually, I'm like, sounds good, and I'm thinking about the levels, but then I am always like, oh, the levels, not the breakfast. I mean, the breakfast sounds good, too. <laughs> it's like every time it's just like, and they just look at me like, are you insane? Like
0: You you say that out loud every yeah, time? yeah. Is that a joke? I don't know. It's you just mean like, it is a charming joke? I don't
2: know. What I, it's just like a, it's just like so
0: interesting to watch you like record and, and interact and like to, to see how you do things here because I'm a big fan of your work and I always wonder like how does David get all that magical tape? Um, I don't know, I
2: just bumble around, ask a lot of dumb questions. Yeah.
0: Asking dumb questions is just the best
2: thing to do feel as like, a reporter. Also I just feel like if you hang out long enough good stuff will happen.
0: Right. I'm really good at
2: hanging out and chilling. That's my, like, great skill as a reporter.
0: It's sort of like observational filmmaking. It's like you want to, like, lower your um, impact or imprint on the area and the people, right? Yeah. Do you think that that's how you've been able to succeed?
2: I don't know. I don't buy that shit. What don't you buy? you You just said it. That, like, you don't change people when you're recording them. Oh. Like, I just think, like, There are degrees to which you can, like, not intrude, but your presence is going to change the dynamic. It's going to change everything. How could it not?
0: It does, but I think that it does melt away pretty quickly. Like, we, I don't know if we've talked about this, but you and I actually went to the same, um, (laughs) back in the Family days, Uh, remember we went to that thing? Yeah, we had a club. They were opening the Wiseman retrospective that they were doing, but they opened it at the Vista Theater and he was there. Yeah. Frederick Weisman. Frederick Weissman,
2: if you don't know, he's a legendary documentary filmmaker.
0: Observational filmmaking yeah. style. Yeah. He uh, and he does sound on his films and he has a cameraman that he's worked with since I think the fifties or something yeah. crazy. He and he makes like
2: a movie every year. Right. Basically. He's made many, he's made,
0: like, many movies. He's often of movies. about institutions. Yeah, there's welfare and um, Tell us about some of his movies, so cool. that for the people who don't know who Fred Weisman is.
2: There's but Look him up. Welfare, which is where he just hangs out in a welfare office, and it's all verité. He's in New York City. Yeah, um, There's was one about a hospital. We right. actually it's went just to called a bunch a of hospital. Hospital. They're often just like the hospitals. Title. Amazing. Yeah. Um, Law
0: and Order, which is about the Kansas City Police Department. And so anyway, he he does not do
2: interviews. It's what they call verité filmmaking. He doesn't make his films accessible to anyone. You can't like rent right. them or go They're, online. That's true. Until recently. That's uh, changing. But I think that he's
0: probably doing pretty well with his films because a lot of institutions like them. And, like, I mean, for example, I have a master's degree in documentary film and uh, we watched his movies. And so, you know, when you get institutional fees for your films, it's like when the DVD costs like $128 or whatever. Yeah. Um, and libraries buy them. That's yeah. a nice payday. Uh, but he 's not doing it for the money obviously, but he so he 's always made these films about like inside institutions, so basically he 'll get access to some space mm-hmm. and then he 'll just spend time there. It would be like if we had everybody in here mic'd up and we were making our show from that, like it would probably be pretty interesting, but yeah. a, a lot of little vignettes and not much of a you know you it's you it 's not hitting you over the head, oh yeah, with yeah. the story. But they're just sort of capturing amazing moments. And yeah, it's putting like this immersive experience like. where you, like, Remember the one world? about the monastery at Essen? Yeah. E-S-S-E-N-E. I can't even remember how it's pronounced. But I think it was about an Episcopal monastery Yeah. in, like, the south somewhere. But
2: it was pretty, it was fairly liberal, I remember. Or no, there was, like, that battle because there was the one sort of liberal monk, what do you call him? Right, they're Greece. monks, yeah. And then there was the guy who was, like, chafed by the...
0: My favorite moment in that film is when I can't re- even remember what the argument was over But that inc- that guy who was incredibly stoic and very perturbed all the time And we would have like a very close shot on him and he was interacting with someone it was over something entirely quotidian it was like, you know How many brooms should be kept in a certain closet something ridiculous yeah. And and there was they they were having a disagreement over it and the the camera was on one of the monks and I just remember him saying like oh well can you elucidate that for me and the guy was like yes happily and then the monk says well then go ahead elucidate <laughs> <laughs> and he was and he sort of just like sat back and waited for yeah I don't know just funny moments yeah. guys for or when like the kid in New York City in hospital, like, I think he, Oh, he took LSD. Or some psychic, powerful psychedelic. Yeah. And he came in, and, yeah. and he was fucking freaking out. He was vomiting everywhere. No, he, he wasn't vomiting. He insisted on taking Ipecac, and the doctor was like, look, it's already in your system. You're right, going to keep right, right, feeling this right. way if you're just going to throw up. And right. the guy was
2: like, give it to me, get it out of me. So he yeah. had to throw up all over the incredible scene. But he was so childlike and innocent, and, like, the cops were just like, it's okay, you're going to yeah. be okay. And he had this
0: long... What I imagine is they're black and white films in those days, but I imagine that he had, like, long red hair. <laughs> uh, he was like a beautiful little hippie yeah. boy. He yeah. had just taken way too many of the drugs. A powerful dose.
2: The other thing I remember from that is that that little girl who... In hospital? I think it was in hospital. Maybe it was in Law and Order who had been taken away from her parents and she wasn't going to go back to them. And the cop had to, like... Be, be with her for a while. That was
0: Law and Order. And right, were, right, yeah. It was heartbreaking. Exactly. Like, she had been, like, abandoned, or for some reason maybe it was like, you know, she was being taken away from whoever was caring for her, her mother. That's enough of a sidebar on the films. Yeah, anyway. Fred Weissman, who now is in his 80s, was there... Um, he gave a talk. To give a talk at the Vista Theater to kind of introduce a retrospective of his work that the Cine family was going to do. And I remember... I think in response to a question, or maybe he was just saying it in his speech, he was like, within five minutes, people just stop paying attention to the, the cameras and the microphones. And the way he works is very small. It's just, I think it's just him and a cameraman, usually. Um, and I buy that to an extent, but and we've talked about this on the show before, I think with a camera it's so much harder, always so much harder. And a Big boom mic. And, you know, it's just like the presence yeah. is, is enough. And I think that people are just more self-conscious on camera than they are when they're talking into microphones. Yep. Tell us more. About <laughs> what? I don't know. You're a famous radio journalist. Just, like, <laughs> talk about famous. your craft.
2: I don't know. I'm not good at talking about craft. I just feel like I do it. I just go. I do it. I have bad practices. I, like stumble through bad practices. I yeah, I don't have like a system. Like I feel like every oh. time I do a story, I'm like figuring out how to do it from scratch. I'm not I'm not I don't I feel like people shouldn't come to me for advice about craft cuz I don't have it.
0: Right. So sign up for David's transom <laughs> workshop, that you I know. Teach pay top dollar to learn radio from the master. <laughs> um David well, does teach different. radio. That's different. He doesn't know how to use his Mar- Mar- and he doesn't <laughs> have any pro tips for how to get good stuff. So sign up today.
2: <laughs> Seriously though, you can still sign up for those workshops. Enter offer
0: code A S <laughs> T R O. Can we but do yeah, a I think in it's in too late.
2: I think it's not too late. No, I don't think Transom would want anything to do with this. <laughs>
0: but I don't think you it's just too don't
2: late. want to tell Transom that you're doing this, because then they'll hear that you don't know how to use morans. <laughs> well, we don't teach you how to use moranses in the class, so. Oh, okay. It's irrelevant. We use Sony uh, PCM M10s or whatever. Yeah. PCM10, yeah. Which I yeah. kind of know how to use. But again, I am I am merely an assistant to the master, Rob Rosenthal, who is the master of radio. I don't think there's anyone who te- is better at teaching oh, radio so you're than Rob Rosenthal. assistant teaching. Yeah. I'm Thank only God. The assistant, okay. So I'm often there to offer a counterpoint in the workshop. Right. Yeah. It's like, you know, Rob's like really good at being like. This is file management. This is how you set up a session. You know, he's really good at like explaining the nuts and bolts. And then I kind of chime in and I'm like, Or you could just say fuck it and make the script whatever you want. Right, yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, You don't need script. <laughs> it's funny. I was like taking notes while I was saying this. Mm. You know, I do feel like I am there to just sort of like offer an alternative, look like at another perspective on right. making things. Well, that's freeing. Yeah. And I just feel like I, um, I often talk you about how to make it as a freelancer because that's something I have a little more experience at than Rob. Rob has always been someone who works within institutions. Right. So.
0: Does he work at Transom or? Yeah. Okay. He, used to,
2: he started, he founded and was the main teacher at Salt uh, right. Center for Studies, and he ran the radio program for, I want to say like nine, ten years maybe. Is Salt it,
0: good? Do you like Salt? It was when he was there. Oh, okay.
2: But then there was a bunch of drama. I don't really know the details. It kind of went under. He's gone. Now he teaches at Transom.
0: It's in Maine, right? Yeah. Portland, Maine?
2: Sure. I don't really know. Sure,
0: call it Portland. I'm
2: not sure where it is. Yeah,
0: I, l- I love Maine. Maine yeah, is I think so you beautiful. can still
2: sign up. We're doing. I'm teaching two workshops this year: one on Catalina Island and one at the PRX Podcast Garage in beautiful. Cambridge, Massachusetts. Cambridge, Massachusetts. I don't remember the dates of either one, but come on down. Sign on up. Sign on up. To it's actually really. If you do want to make radio, it's a good way to do it because it's yeah, seriously, sign f- up. Relatively affordable compared to the eight-week long classes, and you. If you can get away from your life for one week, it's worth it.
0: All right, here's what I'll say. There's no offer code, but tell them that yeah. we s- sent you and, you know, we'll see what can be done.
2: Yeah. Also, you have to apply and you might not get in. It's not like you could just sign up. They so
0: break out those cover letters, sharpen those pencils, That's kids. Right. What did you write your college essay about? I didn't
2: really go to college. You didn't? No. I flamed out my first semester. Oh, so you're not a college graduate? I am not. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, I made it through a semester and I had like a 1.2 GPA. <laughs> That's not very high. I got an A in flag football. Um, oh, David. Weirdly, because I didn't take the final and they still gave me an A. What school were you at? F-fi- Wait, first of all, what is a final <laughs> in flag football? Oh. I don't know, I didn't take I didn't show up for it. And they still gave me an A, which was a mystery to me. It would
0: be so interesting to hear about what a final in flag football entails. I think it
2: involved, I think you had to make a playbook. Okay. Oh, so it was a strategy. Thank yeah. you, Martha.
1: You're welcome, sweetie. Okay, where do we have it today? You want a menu? Yeah, I'll
2: take a menu. Okay. A couple menus. Yeah, I think it involved, like... I think you had to just demonstrate knowledge of how football worked and make some plays or something. I don't know, but I literally just didn't do it. And then, I don't know, I I feel like they just gave everyone an A if you showed up or something. I don't know. Thank Thank you. you. Um, Yeah, so my parents were, like... My parents put my college tuition on their credit card because they couldn't afford to send me to college. And they were, like... You got a one point two, we're not paying for your second semester of college.
0: You can pay for college with a credit card.
2: You can pay for anything with a credit card. And I was like well then and I was like, no, I'm gonna change, I'm gonna do Usually it. Usually
0: the route is student loans
2: and has a far lower interest rate. Yeah. I don't well know. it's just anyway, a semester. <laughs> and I was like, I I'm I'm gonna turn shit around, I'm gonna do this, I will pay for it myself. So I went back and then immediately like flunked out and So you actually flunked out of college? I got kicked out of the dorms. Because of your, they said I was GPA a distraction was so to other students. No, because I was getting in trouble, and having a lot of parties, and building giant bongs and like, <laughs> <laughs> actually they were hookahs. And like, we sort of became known as the. It's this, a water pipe. Okay, it was, well, it's a water pipe. It was it was made out of one of those aquariums, those vertical tube aquariums. We stole from the mall and yeah. like turned it into this hookah, and like it was kind of like legendary. Like people would knock on our door and be like can we load up your hookah and smoke with you guys? You <laughs> uh, know? What
0: was the diameter of the uh, cylinder? Oh, I don't know. Like, maybe, like... Like, did you have to breathe in through your nose and your mouth at the same time? Well, there
2: was four tubes that came out of it. And the first time we hit it, we hadn't let the rubber cement dry on it. So we just got, like, supremely fucked up on, like, rubber cement and shitty weed. But uh, This is
0: really bringing things into focus yeah, so this for is my me. college experience. Okay. Like, What college?
2: University of Northern Colorado. Okay. And, so- I, and in fact, I got... I got in a bunch of trouble, they had like a point system where if you got so many points you got kicked out of the dorms and I was on the verge of getting kicked out. Is that a state school or a a public school or is it a private school? I think it was a public school. school. And so they were like, my punishment was that they first I had to make these posters and put them up all over the campus that were like anti-drinking posters. This Uh, was
0: in an effort to not get kicked out.
2: Yeah, this is my punishment. Because you were drinking so much and you were underage. Yeah, and And, um, so I made these Mr. T posters that said, like, don't be a fool, don't drink in the dorms, and put them up all over campus. And then they gave me $50, and they said, you need to throw a party in your dorm that doesn't have alcohol to promote, like, clean parties in the dorm. We're like, what? this is insane so and we did like, so I got like let's a, go buy Nate I bought a mini yeah <laughs> well, I definitely bought some meat with that money and then also like got like a mini keg of root beer and we just played drinking games with root beer it was just so dumb all of it was dumb and, kicked, and then eventually I, like it just like beer pong with root beer there was actually this amazing moment that happened um I got arrested one night in the dorms because I had, had a worn out for my arrest for some other bullshit <laughs> and the cops came they put me in cuffs they walked me out of the dorm in cuffs. I look up, and my childhood, elementary school best friend, is sitting in the golf cart with the police, just crying, because he is in training to be a cop. He was like, in the campus program to because he wanted to become a cop, and so he was like training, like doing his. And like, you
0: didn't know he was there.
2: No, and I literally, it was like I was like the perp coming out in handcuffs, and he just looked at me like, oh, it's David, and it's like it was just very clear that we had taken different paths in life. Right. It was like a very stark moment. And I spent that night in jail, and then um, it all got cleared up in the end. But yeah, that was like the end of my. After that, they were like, you gotta go. They kicked me out. They let me stay in school, but I just wasn't going to my classes. So I quit and took a job as a cashier at Home Depot. And. At Home Depot? The rest is, yeah. <laughs>
0: the rest is just not quite. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's some
2: stuff that happened in there, but yeah, that's, that's how that happened. That was my college experience. Wow. That's so beautiful. Yeah, that's how my parents saw it at the time. They are pissed. I still feel like I need to pay them back for that tuition, semester of tuition on their credit card. But, but the other... so I mean, you've turned out really well. They sent me a bill for the second semester, and I never paid it, and it just vanished. That debt just disappeared after I know, you years.
0: keep talking about how you amassed all this debt, and then it just went away. Yeah. Because you, it like... You took too long it. to pay it back, and so therefore well, it got forgiven at some
2: point? When I was reporting on the economy, I learned that...
0: Because this is something you could... This is a teachable moment. Teach us how to get out of debt.
2: I don't think this is, like, repeatable. Um, but I learned that if you respond to creditor... Whatever. Like, if they if the creditors or whatever contact you and you respond to it in some way, even if it's to say, I can't pay this, it, like, resets some clock and you've acknowledged the debt, and so... I think if you just don't acknowledge the debt... Also, it helped that I was like living in a van for long stretches after that and didn't have an address, so there was no way for them to contact me. Eventually, that debt, I think after a certain point, they just write it off and they... I think at some point it just becomes... It doesn't make sense for them to pay a collection agency to come after you because it's clear that they're not going to ever track you down and pay it. And so I think they just... The debt disappears. It's my theory, because that's what happened with me. And I ended up having better credit than my wife, who had, like... Did everything by the books, so
0: right? Like, have you considered doing a story for Marketplace about this?
2: I did. I pitched it to to my editor when I was a reporter there.
0: Marketplace, David's former place of employ, and then he just like, very show.
2: quickly explained why actually on paper should have good credit, and he was like, "It's not a story." Like, okay. Oh, really? Because I never had huge amounts of debt. Like but, I would. I mean, it's a good story. It is a good story.
0: The story is what you just said. Yeah, and then the numbers are just what right. give you a reason. A
1: more time?
0: Do you want to? I, I haven't even looked at the menu yet. Sorry. I, I guess three more minutes.
1: Okay, see you in three minutes.
0: Well, are you gonna do something savory? Some I think I need. To, I,
2: I have like a big day of meetings, so I think I need to like get. You want to split a BLT? The... No, I don't really like BLTs. Really? Yeah. Fine. So don't don't be offended.
0: <laughs> what do you want to do?
2: Uh, I mean the thing I never want to do is like eat a meal here. <laughs> the thing I never want to do is eat a meal here. <laughs>
0: Welcome to Live at the Astro.
2: I'm always just wanting to a pie, but I
0: Well that's why I mean that's one of the reasons I like splitting something is so that I don't have to be responsible for eating an entire Yeah, thing. let's split something. What do you want to split. Whatever you want. I ate something earlier, so But you still want to split something? I mean, yeah, I, like, have a little something. Or you can just order and I'll not have anything. Or I would do a, a waffle combo with the meat and the egg. I know that's boring and we've done it a bunch of times before. I could do that. Is, is that enough for you?
2: Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Waffle combo sausage? Yeah. All right, done. How do you want to do the eggs? Are you going to eat them? I'll eat one egg. Maybe scrambled. Cool.
0: Because they tend to, sometimes they get ignored for a while, (laughs) and I think it's better to ignore scramble. They're
2: like the thing that's not the worst, terrible food. Yeah, ordering here is like a triage situation. Yeah, because my my instinct, my urge is to want to try all the crazy menu items, but I just know they're not going to be good.
0: (laughs) We really got to start recording this podcast at night so that we can, like, have a beer and eat something, you know, so that we're not early morning or morning
2: stomach. Let's ask Martha when she works
0: evenings. Okay, cool. I
2: hate to do this without Martha.
0: I would too, although we have. We did. We did. wasn't as good. When we banked one. You have any out-of-town trips coming
2: up? Yeah, I'm going out of town this next week. Like, so a week from today you won't be here? Probably not. I might. We don't know what day we're coming back. Thanks for letting me know. Uh, I just remembered now that you said that.
0: Should we talk more about your life? That was interesting. I didn't know all that stuff, although it's probably in the unmentionable story about your life that I've listened to.
2: Some of that stuff is in there. Some of it isn't. I mean, some of it gets reduced to like a single line. That's like I got kicked out. Do you out of have college. any
0: friends from your college experience?
2: Yeah, I do. My friend Brady. People who you met there who you're still. My in friend coaching. Brady, who lived in the, we so I lived in this dorm that I kind of. I don't blame the university, but it was a really dumb thing on their part. All the people that were late turning in their housing applications got put in this old house that they converted into a dorm. So it was like already like all the, bad all kids. just like, fuck yeah. Also how, you know how I ended up going to that school? I applied to two colleges, two universities from high school. And I got into UNC and I never heard from the other school, so I went to UNC. And then when I went to my first day of classes, or when I was packing to go to university, I was emptying out my high school backpack, and I found the application for the other university that I just never <laughs> sent in. So that's how I ended up at UNC. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, so, so wait, this dorm wait, so was just like. you didn't
0: write a college essay?
2: I probably had to to get into the other school. I just I don't think remember what I wrote. Generally
0: part of the application process for I mean, the only reason that person. I got
2: into school was because I had good test scores. Good. Um, just it, raw intelligence. ACT's, because my GPA was not very good in high school. Right but i had it it was like a grid you know and if like you got high enough on the ACTs it it like made up for your shitty GPA
0: right and i don't know if it's still like this but a lot of public universities if you kind of hit certain marks i think that you would generally be let in unless there was like a glut which a lot of the UC schools it was just like it was really hard to get in because just so many people were applying yeah and they had other you know things that they were trying to do and out of state blah 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 but I remember something about that. Certain schools, if you have the certain GPA and the test scores, you're supposed to get in.
2: Yeah, I got in. And I lived in this dorm with a bunch of fuck-ups. And we just partied all the time.
0: I lived on a floor of a dorm. I lived on the seventh floor of Gardner, which of the f- the seventh floor was the floor where they put everybody who, you know, you filled out a, uh, well, if if it was you, you probably wouldn't have filled it out. But you filled out a, <laughs> a, a form that said, like, you know, how late do you like to stay up, how loud? You like to listen to music, and it was like it was the ones that was just like I stay up late, I listen to loud music or whatever. So it was kind of known as the party floor.
2: Again, I I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing to segregate all the like partiers in one place. I mean, on one hand, it's like you're not, you know, ultimately I got kicked out for what they said was distracting other students, which was bullshit because everyone else was also in my room partying all the time. Right. But I can understand how you would want to try to keep those worlds. Well, drinking
0: is legal in Canada if you're 18. All right. So. That was different.
2: What about smoking weed?
0: Smoking weed, well, Montreal was the first place that I spent a lot of time, in, and so I, I went there in the fall of 2000, and I remember smelling marijuana on the streets
2: a lot. Yeah, I remember going to the Tam Tams. Right, the Tam Tams is like a and big it was marijuana just like, cloud. And just being like, oh, my God, that guy's smoking weed in front yeah, of a yeah, cop. Yeah. This yeah, exactly. is amazing. Yeah, the There's people just doing, everywhere.
0: like, Ren Faire reenactments yeah. and, like, jamming and passing joints around, and it was like,
2: yeah, what is out in this? the open. It was 1968? beautiful. 1968. Yeah, and I was like, I was a camp counselor in Upstate New York, and so on our weekends off, we would go up to Montreal or That's wherever. The best. It was so nice. Yeah.
0: Montreal's a beautiful place, and I love in Montreal. late fall, it's still you know it was August, I think, so it was still summer, and it's just a really magical place during the summer because it just comes to life after being yeah. dormant all winter, basically.
2: The drums um, come out.
0: The drums come out. You know, <laughs> the, the tams get struck. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I totally hung out Park Jean monts and like, you know, jammed with people, and it was so much fun. Um, but yeah, our floor—I I, want to remember. So certain parts of McGill, the university that I went to, were like for serious students. It was like the arts program—not so much. I mean, it's a good liberal arts school or whatever. Yeah. It's a really nice school. Um, but if you were in engineering or pre-med. Um, or like you know whatever biology like those were like super uh, super nerdy as they would call them in Canada those were for the Keeners the people who were you know they call people who are like super studious like big fans of Kathleen Keener <laughs> Keener heads <laughs> Keener heads but there was this guy who lived on the other side of the hall from me and down and I think that he was in biology or pre med or something like that and I can't remember his name but every Friday he would come back and he had two um, Molson Loggers, like what we would call tall boys. I don't think that they called them that, though, but they were probably like 32 to, f- but they might have not been 32, that's the standard measurement here, ounce yeah. beers. And... Liter- uh, He would just be like, time for the weekend. (laughs) And there was this dude, Pete, on our floor. He was like the epic stoner dude. And it's funny. He ended up graduating early, and I ran into him in a bar, and he was like, I'm moving to Pasadena. I got a job. I think he got a job at, like, the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. And I was like,
2: what? (laughs) And I was like, I'm going to space, man.
0: (laughs) Exactly. But Pete was like the epic stoner. Um, Yeah, there were a bunch of, like, Fun stoner people on my floor, man. This is so funny to even think about this because it's such a buyer. It's Are you like, friends with
2: any of those people still?
0: No, um, no. I don't think I'm in touch with anybody who was on my floor. It was also there was so there was an elevator and, and staircase in the middle of a tall building, and the the sides of the floor were also. It was like the, it was factionalized by floor and also which side you were on. It could be a totally different vibe. Um, and I think that might have had to do with the survey a little bit too. <laughs> but our side was like the one. But no, I can't remember the girl who lived next to me. And then there's someone else who moved. Man, I can't hardly remember anything. I think I'm like Facebook friends with like one person. The thing is about uh, my experience is that like it was in Canada, and and at the time like nobody in Canada at least had cell phones. Like hard like like two of my friends had cell phones by the end of my college experience. And then you know when I moved. Like, then I didn't stay in Canada, and I wasn't from Canada, and I, you know, it didn't have the same kind of connection that, like, I saw my American friends having, because it's like, you know, you grew up here, you go to school there, you live in an American city, it all stays connected, Yeah, but less so with Canada. But I still, I mean, I do have, like, really good friends from... Uh, like my year is there some of them from McGill some of them not like I mean one of my really good friends James Braithwaite Who was visiting me recently and I've talked about on the podcast was just a guy I met having a snowball fight
2: Yeah,
0: and my friend Richard Woodall um, I can't remember where I met him, man I don't remember any of this stuff. It's hard, but yeah, I'm still friends with Richard a little bit I mean, I I keep up with him on social media, and I like you know, I texted him on his birthday stuff like that but uh, yeah, not much. It's too bad. I miss you all. I know you're listening. <laughs> I saw my friend Andy was in the New York Times. Um, There's this guy, Little Andy. He was like, you know, six foot five or something like that. And he wore a big cowboy hat and he had long red hair. And I met him in like philosophy class and he had a country band and I was in a bluegrass band. and We played music together and he was just in the New York Times talking about Leonard Cohen because he's been doing all these tribute shows to Leonard Cohen since oh, yeah. he died um, and Andy was like he like knew where Leonard Cohen lived. he used to like give directions based on where Leonard Cohen's house was and stuff like that um, should we have a call in? someone calling us? well Braden just texted me because he's a millennial so it's not a te- you can't text into a, I know. a podcast I am going to tell him to call although this will probably be my first phone call with Braden. Ever? Probably. I think we probably only friend? text. Well, I, I mentioned that I flaked on him this week. The only reason why was because we were Instagram messaging about something, uh, and then I, like, didn't check for a few hours, and he's like, hey, I'm headed over. And then I got it, like, five hours later or whatever, and I was like, sorry. I." But that's that's the world, because you need to turn your notifications on, man. Are you going to quit Facebook because this whole Cambridge Analytica business?
2: Probably not. <laughs> I've been thinking about it. Facebook's good for getting in touch with... Sources. I just feel like I have certain friends who I only... Keep in touch with through Facebook. Also, I'm never on it. And you're not ready
0: to let those people go.
2: I'm just never on it, and so it's like. Also, I heard this guy say that like, look, people quitting Facebook isn't going to solve anything. It's like what you need is like strong enforcement from the law to like stop this from happening. Like
0: bill of rights or whatever. Yeah,
2: like you leaving Facebook is like not going to. You, solve totally. the problem. I mean, you can you can leave because you don't want your data harvested for per personal reasons. But if you think you're leaving because it's like you're gonna fix this problem, it's like that's so.
0: I, not I left case. for two years, and when you leave, when you like try to cancel or delete your account, no matter what you do, it, like you end up at a page that has a uh, uh, form on it that says like, okay, great. Feel free to log back in any time with this email address, and it'll all still be here for you. So it's basically just like logging out.
2: Yeah. I also feel like there's some things... But that means that they're
0: not going to be collecting the data from this point forward. So there might be some value to that, and if a lot of people did it, it might be nice. Yeah. And also, I mean, my mom's line about Facebook is, it took me 18 years to get out of Memphis, why would I want to go back? (laughs) And, like, I mean, I know that's not the world that we live in, really, you know, our generation, but um, still, there is something... I think there's a romance to being able to, like, move on from periods in your life, which we kind of gave up, like, somewhat electively, but also the world just changed during our growing up, Um, but those who are younger than us probably never had it, you know? Yeah. I remember when, like, I learned how to type, and, you know, it was elementary school, we would have, like, typing class, and they would put, like, a piece of paper over our hands, and we would have to learn how to use the home row, and I I didn't want to do it, because I was like, I don't, I'm not a typing type guy, I'll get out of this somehow, and then when, like, started using email in the intranet at my private middle school i was like i'm gonna get out of this whole email thing (laughs) this isn't for me right exactly i don't need a hotmail account and then you know here we are today i'm on
2: every freaking thing we are blowing meetings with people because you're not on instagram enough (laughs) exactly blowing
0: meetings so yeah i told braden to call but he hasn't i don't see i thought it would be fun if we had another call-in seg Sure. Oh, do you have your phone on you? Because I'm yeah. um, wondering if Nick White is going to call in. The elusive Nick White. I think he's in meetings, so he
2: might not, right. but we'll he's, see. He telegraphed have,
0: that he probably wasn't going to call in.
2: We have a bunch of meetings today at the station. I'm actually getting a little peckish. I'm hungry. Yeah. I'm eating. I, eaten. I uh, woke up too early.
0: But yeah, so I'm watching Wild Wild Country on Netflix. Have you watched it?
2: I haven't, but I did hear the 99% Invisible story that preceded it.
0: Right. You mentioned that to me and we brought it up the other night. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't remember what I said to you two nights ago. (laughs) can't remember. That's story of Oh, we had a great dinner. We had a, well, you, not to make everybody jealous, but David had me over for dinner this week.
2: Yeah, it was fun.
0: It was really, really nice. I got to spend some time with Faye.
2: Yeah, my daughter.
0: The best three-year-old in the world she She was wearing a dress
2: which is a princess dress i
0: said i love your dress and she said it's a costume (laughs)
2: yeah she's really into costumes well she's into a costume but she's into her sword her little plastic sword she loves loves
0: to kill bad guys which she like she doesn't sheath it she like props it up in like the legs of a stool (laughs) that you guys have but it's kind of like sheathing it or like putting it back into the
2: the stone stone right yeah
0: Um, And I understood 15% of what she said, probably, but...
2: She talks super fast. She gets excited around company, and so she's like...
0: (laughs) I know, I love it. She's so adorable, and she definitely does the thing that I've seen a lot of kids do, where she's just like... Because they're so used to, I think, adults like giving them instructions, they like to give instructions back when they're feeling comfortable enough. They're like, okay, here's what's going on. Yeah. Mom, you're not going to sit down. Yeah. But, like, Richard's going to sit down, but not there. Yeah. And uh, then we're going to talk. <laughs> and it's just like, okay. Yeah. Um, I think she gets, like, a kick out of that, probably. Yeah. But you made her this beautiful grilled cheese with Bub and Grandma's bread and American cheese, which is such a amazing combination. Yeah. I love that grilled cheese.
2: It's, like, the highest of the highs and the lowest of the yes. lows in food yes. culture yes. together. Yes.
0: Because the bread, we've talked about it before, but it's so good. The bread is the best. This, this beautiful bread that's made in Los Angeles and um, and then American cheese. Which
2: is made, I'm sure, in a factory somewhere. In fact, I think that this is... It was organic American cheese, but it was still American <laughs> cheese.
0: Is there organic American
2: yeah, cheese? Yeah, right over here. The Whole
0: Foods... What does that mean? They don't spray the cows?
2: It's, I don't know. It's like... I thought it was all chemicals anyway, so... Right. I'm not really sure what it means, but... I mean, the coloring alone... Yeah, that's not natural. That's
0: not organic. There's nothing organic <laughs> about that color. But it says organic? Yeah. Interesting.
2: It's I mean, probably a trick just to get you to pay more.
0: Totally. I mean, but, certified organic, a lot of people have poked holes in. Yeah. in what that means. Look, elsewhere for that, you're not going to get any expertise or information on this show. But you like spending time with us. That's why you're still listening. <laughs> Think about that.
2: Yeah, we ate some borscht, had some grilled cheese, but that, you no, made a good salad. I
0: think that that was my favorite delivery device for American cheese that I've ever had. How old do people eat? Is there any other way to
2: eat grilled cheese than as a sandwich? Or eat American cheese than a grilled cheese? I
0: never eat American cheese. I never have. Ever? And, I mean, I have it on burgers when I get burgers at, like, classic burger joints or whatever. Yeah. And a lot of people prefer American cheese on their burger. The I don't. The texture is so good. The t- the t- there is something about it's the like texture. Gooey. Yeah. Mm. But if you looked in like my childhood fridge there would never be American cheese.
2: Um, yeah, I think we had very different fridges growing up. <laughs> oh, really?
0: Yours yeah. would be full of slices. Remember that Simpsons where Homer is just like eating like it's like 99 slices yeah. of American cheese and he's like counting them and then he stays up all night?
2: I don't remember that, but
0: oh, it's so good. That was a good description too. <laughs> yeah, we So it. you had a lot of American cheese growing up. Yeah. I mean, if I made a grilled cheese in my house today, it would probably be
2: sharp cheddar or. Yeah, I do. I know that's how I normally make grilled cheeses. But when I'm doing. Uh, if I do. For some reason, if I'm going to have grilled cheese and soup as a meal, I always want it to be with American cheese.
0: It's so good. And yeah, you made borscht. I brought a salad. Yeah, some really good wine. Right. You wanted me to bring wine because you're getting
2: curious about wine. Yeah. I mean, I just like drinking wine, but I don't buy it. Right. So it's nice when other people... Hello, Martha. We're, no, no, we're ready. We're ready. Okay. We're ready.
1: Hello. Hello, Martha. Hello. What's on your mind today? I can't tell you, honey. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> can't tell you. Yeah. If I tell you, I have to kill you. Yeah. <laughs>
2: well, not, this not is the last broadcast. episode. When we're ready not to do even, the last honey. episode, then you can tell us and kill us, and that'll huh? be the end. When we, yeah. do, when we do the last one...
1: Oh, no, 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 mind, no 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 no! I don't want I don't want to kill you yet.
2: <laughs>
1: yet.
0: Thank you. I took exception to that I'll suggestion as well. I'll
1: kill you with love, honey. Okay. Oh, okay. You do, Thank week. you.
0: You know, a lot of people tell me that one of their favorite parts of the show, or their favorite part of the show, is you.
1: <gasps> Are you kidding me? Oh no, my fans. God! I have fans. Yeah. You know they they film, uh uh, Tuesday over here. Oh, they did? What were they
0: filming?
1: Cagney and Lacey. Remember the show, that series? Oh, yeah. They doing a the remake 80s? of it? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Huh. Wait, what's the series? I don't
2: Cagney and Lacey? Lacey?
1: Yeah. Cagney and Lacey.
2: Yeah. Is guess. it like a. They rob people or something?
1: Uh, They're two detectives, lady detectives, and I don't know exactly. But
2: oh, cool. lady Do you ever um, get to be in the shoot?
1: Guess who was here? Who? Martha.
2: You were in the show? Uh huh. Oh, that's great.
1: Well, it's a pilot, you know. But yeah. Oh, okay. Hopefully.
0: Hope it gets picked up.
1: Yeah. Spread the word, honey. Yeah. yeah. So, and then the, the lady there wrote the the story, oh. she's a customer from here.
2: The, the woman the who wrote it? hmm Oh.
1: Yeah, she was here. She's a regular? She's a very regular. Wow. She's a sweetheart, almost like you guys.
0: <laughs> I thought that we were the most... Talented Almost. media makers,
1: but <laughs> die- <I> <laughs> okay. not quite. You're the first one, so the number one, okay? Okay,
0: okay. I'm number one, he's number two.
1: Uh, half and half, okay,
2: like, like the creamer,
1: <laughs> right?
2: You know what you want? Can we do a waffle combo? Of course, does waffle combo <laughs> come with potatoes? I forgot.
1: No, I can give you potatoes if you want. Yeah, let's do some potatoes. Uh, waffle. You want bacon or sausage? Sausage, sausage. And how do you want the eggs
2: scrambled? Scramble. scramble.
1: You want hash browns or home fries?
2: Um, what's the one with the peppers and onions? I always that's forget. Country potatoes. country potatoes. Okay. Right.
1: Yes. I'll go to the country and get it for you.
2: <laughs> what country is it?
1: I don't know. <laughs> <We'll> find out <laughs> somewhere. Thank you, guys. Thank you,
2: Martha.
0: Martha moments.
2: Martha stealing the show. I hope she's in that show on television.
0: Yeah, that's great. Well, I hope it gets picked up. Yeah. Braden Graber is not calling in. We don't need guests. No, we don't. But I just thought, hey, I invited him.
2: I invited my parents, but they were too sleepy. Distinct
0: honor. That's right. I really wanted your parents to come on the Someday show today. they'll come on the
2: show. Do you
0: think that we should while they're here? Should we just double up? Because you might be out of town next week. We could do a special parents edition nighttime.
2: I'll, I'll, I'll offer it up to him.
0: Offer it up. What were we going on about? What were you prattling on about before Martha came Some over? Some bullshit. Yeah. Um, I don't remember. I was like, I miss Canada. I can't remember anything. I'm old. I think I was talking about Facebook. Oh, no, we were talking about borscht and stuff.
2: Yeah, nothing nothing, nothing to see there.
0: Nothing to see. Oh, wine.
2: Wine. You, you like d- wine? Yeah, I, I like wine. I just, uh, I'm intimidated. I feel the same way about wine as I do record shops. I love listening to music, but I never buy records.
0: They're very similar environments of wine stores yeah, and, and I stores. just
2: like get overwhelmed and why? I don't know. Well
0: okay I have two recommendations for you. Mm-hmm. One is go to Amoeba and just go through the dollar bin. I do
2: like yeah that's the exception.
0: And another is go to either Silver Lake Wine or Lou here in this area or Highland Park Wine yeah. which, which is a Silver Lake Wine project uh, that just opened and just go in tell them I sent you and okay. um, show them a photo, maybe, because I don't think that they all know my name necessarily. But a, a couple of the people who used to work over there, I uh, uh, work in Highland Park now. And just tell them how much money you want to spend. Uh huh. And, um, yeah, I mean, I think if you like the wine
2: that I brought... I, my, my plan was just to buy, like, five bottles of the wine that you brought over, because then good, I have it on hand. You can
0: get similar ones, too, that are uh, uh, probably right. analogously priced. Um, yeah. Okay. And, like, kind of, you know, taste the variety. They have a lot of diverse wines there. Cool. You, and you like orange wine. I poured you a little orange wine. Yeah, I like most things. I'm not
2: very picky about... Orange wine is the best, though. Stuff. you got to get into it. I'm into it. I liked it. <laughs> you know, I it's to, like, not made with it.
0: oranges, and it's not necessarily orange. It's amber-colored, it's, uh... but it's it's white wine grapes that are made in a red wine style. Ooh. Because with... With... Ooh. uh. White wine, hmm. generally what happens is the juice is strained uh, right off the bat, and then that's fermented, uh-huh. which is why it has such a clean color. And red wine, they leave the skins on. Sometimes uh, they'll leave more than the skins on, but the skin is what gives it its pigment. Right. So with orange wine, they'll take white wine grapes, and they'll ferment them with the skins for a certain amount of days. Often it's like a week or two weeks or a month or something like that. It's called skin contact wine. Then they strain it and finish fermenting it, um, often in the bottle. That's orange wine. I really like it. David is noticing something. What are you noticing?
2: The owner is walking over here, but I thought he was going to... He just adjusted a booth. The mysterious owner of the Astro. What's he doing? Checking out the booths. Then he walked away. David has the best seat in the house. I was going to offer it to you, but you didn't, uh, didn't want it.
0: I kind of like sitting over there. You didn't offer it to me. I did. I do want it. I forgot to offer it to you. There you go. That's more like it. <laughs> That's more accurate.
2: Yeah. Um. I'm hungry. I'm starving. I have to pee really bad too. Dun dun dun. Uh oh. How much time we got left?
0: We have. Should we take a? Okay, right I can. I can hold it probably. Should we take a quick bathroom break? We've never done this before. Uh, not yet. We can just hit pause and come back to it. It'll be like nothing has happened.
2: Let's, let's let it ride. We even have to let's see if it. the
0: like right u- now. And we're back. <laughs> it could be like that. <laughs> you know? Urge
2: to pee. Let's see what that. Let's see what that does to the show. The energy of the show.
0: Okay. I mean, I kind of want to use the restroom too. <laughs> though. I've been thinking about it. I wasn't gonna bring it up on air. Okay. We'll see what it see what it does. I need
2: water. Speaking of, I mean, this is only gonna lead to more having to pee. All right. Well, can I plug something real quick during this moment? Oh, yes. What do you got to plug, David? So my wife, who is a novelist, her debut novel is available for pre-order on the internet, and everyone should go and buy it because it's, it's it is really good. I mean, obviously, I'm a little subjective, but it's really good. It's affordable. It's like twelve dollars and fifty-seven cents, I think. I ordered two. I can't wait to read. I thought read you, were them a both. friend? He only ordered two. <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah, but you can go to uh, just to get the chips rolling. The name of the book is "The Deeper the Water, the Uglier the Fish," and you can get it on Two Dollar Radio's website. I think it's just like Two Dollar Radio backslash The Deeper the Water, and there's some hyphens in there between the words. But yeah, Katya Apikina, go get that book. If you get the book, that's her name, not your if name. If you get the book and email AstroPod email, I'll have it. I'll get it signed for you. Ooh, somehow Astro special. Yeah, so what's oh, our email address?
0: You set it up, I don't know. <laughs> no, I think it's the astropod at gmail. That sounds right. We haven't been hearing from anybody, so... Um, <laughs> hit us up. Hit us up at theastropod at
2: com. Yeah.
0: You've spent all this time with us. Yeah. Let us spend time with you. Yeah.
2: That's my only plug for the week. You got any plugs? Do we plug it hard enough? What do I have to say to get you, people you to buy this book? you want to say
0: what the logline of the Yeah, the I'll read story the... Um, Read I'll read the description. The,
2: I'll read the description.
0: Do I have anything There's a to couple plug? of
2: blurbs from some New York Times bestselling authors on there.
0: So this story that I wrote was featured on a podcast yesterday. Uh, it's called The Taste Pod, and I wrote this story about the Gorilla Taco sweet potato taco when the cookbook that I wrote came out, and—oh,
1: oh. hi, Martha. How about that? Oh, my
0: God. Beautiful. Oh
1: so beautiful to me can't you see they're gonna fire maybe because i'm singing (laughs) Uh, well if
2: that uh, happens we'll definitely get a kickstarter going for (laughs) Martha
0: to replace her to bridge the gap between this and her acting career
1: (laughs) i better stay working here huh do you my career my Of course On top <laughs> of the table But not yet Because my boss is here oh, He knows me That I'm crazy
2: but Do you Do you Work any evenings During the week? No Never? Because no. we wanted to come in And do like a night show Where we drink beer
1: No sweetie
2: Alright Some other time
1: What's up to drink beer In the morning? Oh No if I drink a beer I'll go crazy <laughs> Oh really? More crazy than <laughs> You don't drink? No It's good I a drink Forget it you don't want to see me drunk. <laughs> Just kidding, I don't drink. Uh-huh. <laughs> Martha?
0: Yes, sweetie? Of course, I'm going to bring some water for you. Then.
2: So let's butter this waffle up. Yeah, you know the rule about the butter. Leave no
0: the butter left to the. Leave no butter left unspread. Thank you, Martha. Oh,
1: come I love that. I want one of those aprons. You do? For what? They're so ugly. No, they're
0: beautiful.
1: Mm. The stripes.
0: Remind me of this. Of what? This
1: experience in my life. Oh! (laughs) I'll try to get one for you.
0: (laughs) What fun. What fun we have. What lucky people we are. I know. So, did we finish the plug? Um. I can read some... Oh right, you're going to read the logline. I'll read... this is... Alright, so the deeper Let's, the what, water, what do you think is better to read, the
2: logline or the blurbs? Let's do both. Okay. Um, do you know Jay Ryan?
0: Uh, no. He wrote
2: a novel called... Uh, it was a New York Times bestseller called Kitchens of the Great Midwest. Right. If you are into food culture I'd say it's probably pretty good. He had this to say about The Deeper the Water, the Uglier Fish. The Deeper the Water, the Uglier Fish is an engrossing debut. Apikina's brilliant story of a family in crisis is a remarkable feat of empathy and insight guided by unpredictable, propulsive storytelling. I was increasingly and helplessly hooked. I can't believe this remarkable tour de force is a first novel.
0: Whoa. What praise. Yeah. Go on.
2: This is the synopsis. It's 16-year-old Edie who finds their mother, Marianne, dangling in the living room from an old jump rope, puddle puddle of urine on the floor, barely alive. Upstairs, 14-year-old May had fallen into one of her trances, often the result of feeling too closely attuned to her mother's dark moods. After Marianne is unwillingly admitted to a mental hospital, Edie and May are forced to move from their childhood home in Louisiana to New York to live with their estranged father, Dennis, a former civil rights activist and literary figure on the other side of success. Sure. The girls, grieving and homesick, are at first wary of their father's affection, but soon May and Edie's close relationship begins to fall apart. Edie remains fiercely loyal to Marianne, convinced that Dennis is responsible for her mother's downfall, while May, suffocated by her striking resemblance to her mother, feels pulled toward their father. The girls move in increasingly opposing and destructive directions as they struggle to cope with outsized pain, and as the history of Dennis and Marianne's romantic past clicks into focus, the family fractures further. Moving through a selection of first-person accounts and written with a sinister sense of humor, the deeper the water, the uglier fish powerfully captures the quiet torment of two sisters craving the attention of a parent they can't and shouldn't have to themselves. In this captivating debut, Katya Apikina disquietly crooks the lines between fact and fantasy, between escape and freedom, and between love and obsession.
0: I can't wait to read this book. It's really good. The deeper the water, the uglier the fish. Pick it up today.
2: From the great press, too. $2 Radio is a really great $2 press. Radio shoutouts. Yeah. That's all I got. That's my plug. Myself. Promotion. My family promotion. I should say. Yeah. A portion of the proceeds go to feed my face face.
0: <laughs> and we know how adorable and charming that face is, based on uh, earlier banter. So go and out and buy I've, three, because otherwise you're not a friend. Yep. I'll get more. That was just to get the chips rolling. Yeah. I'll get two every pay period.
2: we <laughs> <laughs> would really appreciate if you could buy a thousand copies and then return them at a later date.
0: So I um, heard from another listener, friend of the show. Oh, live? Yeah.
2: They were listening live on the live stream?
0: <laughs> well, I want to bring your pirate radio antenna over here and broadcast it to the <laughs> corner of Glendale and Fletcher.
2: Yeah, I'll plug that. I have a pirate radio station that I'm broadcasting from my attic. I have about a one-block radius because it's the tiny 40-watt transmitter that I built. But yeah, go hang out at the Granada steps with the transistor radio and you can hear my radio station.
0: It's just an iPod on Shuffle. It's just an iPod on Shuffle. But I'm trying to get onto it. I'm trying to do some... I wanted it to be, welcome to WBRG, Weinberg Radio, Highland Park, Montecito Heights, Mount Washington. What's that? It's community radio. And by community, I mean it's my iPod on Shuffle. Your iPod, yeah. (laughs) Are you going to take... Are you going to take... What are you going to take? What are you going to put on there? It's just, it's an old iPod. How can people get involved?
2: Um, one of these days I'm going to hook up this whole laptop I have and then I'll have a little more ability to, like, play stuff. Colin Campbell
0: says, You should totally do the show with that waitress. Weinberg is washed
2: up. Well, Colin's threatening to kick me off my own show, huh? Well, How about I kill all those trees in my yard that you're supposed to come pick up on Friday? <laughs> well, Colin, how about that? <laughs> Explain what's going on. I'm going to out myself and call him. We're involved in a plan to scam the city out of a bunch of free trees. <laughs> so in, in, in Los Angeles, if you want free trees, the city will give them to you through a program. I don't know why. It has something to do with saving water, which doesn't really make sense because you have to water trees. But I think it has to do with shade or something. Anyway, I think each household can get up to six free trees from the city. Colin has a big backyard. I have a very tiny yard. I don't have room for trees. And so he said, can I use your address and have six trees delivered there, and then I'll come pick them up and plant them in my yard. And I was like, yeah, no problem. We're good friends. You love the Astro. You like listening to me on the show. <laughs> Why wouldn't I do you a solid? <laughs> I think it's been like two weeks since the trees got delivered, and he keeps saying, like, M- Wednesday I'm going to come get the trees. Friday I'm going to come get the trees, and they keep sitting in my yard. And now I'm hearing that he doesn't like me on my show, so I'm going to kill his trees.
0: <laughs> Just give them to me. I'm going to rat out to, to the pick city up tree.
2: and be like, hey, this guy's taking advantage of your generosity the city of Los Angeles.
0: Well, I mean, maybe he has to organize, like, you know, borrowing a truck from someone or something like that.
2: He has a truck that he got for free from Nick White.
0: Nick White's giving out free trucks? <laughs> he had one. He gave it to Colin. Man. I gave up my truck. He just gave, straight up gave Colin a truck? Uh-huh. Because they're bros?
2: It's sort of like the the community truck. The rule was that... Any of us that wanted to use it could use it. I use it all the time.
0: I need to get further tapped into this scene, because I don't know You left. You abandoned
2: us. You left Highland Park. You could have been in on all of it.
0: It's because I live in Silver Lake, or you can't use the truck? You live with the rich people. You don't need a free truck. I miss Highland Park, but now I feel worse about it. I feel worse about the whole situation, and so do you, because... You are washed up.
2: I missed when we lived on the same street.
0: Sorry, that was like a Fey moment. I couldn't understand you. I'm saying I wish you hadn't moved away. I know. We used to live on the same street. I know. And you actually, your new house is like half the distance up towards my old house. So we would have lived even closer. Well, I wanted to hang on to it, like sublet it, um, but... I was told by my domestic partner that that would entirely be my responsibility if, if I wanted to do that, and I just knew that I wasn't Can quite- you sublet applying. an apartment you don't own? I, guess I mean, people in New York do it all the time. Right. And like we got in when the rent was still very cheap, and it's a nice place, just a little hot in the summer months. And those first two summers were really, really hot and really long. They weren't summers, they were more like years. <laughs> it was just like <laughs> two years of unbearable heat. Well, yeah, no. Colin just fessed up that he ate a huge breakfast, and so because we were supposed to get lunch, um, but so I ate, ate a huge talking breakfast. Talking shit too. to me,
2: bailing on you. Wow, this is really a uh, trigger for you. <laughs> this <is> Colin, <laughs> <I was> trying <laughs> no, no. to manufacture some drama.
0: Well, he did the thing where he was like, "I had show. a big lunch, but I, I can still meet up."
2: Oh, wow. Well, I'm sorry. Been, I'm sorry.
0: I've... I've been trying to meet up with him to, uh, you know. 'Cause I want to get onto the, the truck timeshare and like you know, I'm trying to be a guy on the scene. Um no, I, I hope to still meet up with him.
2: So I mean, if you want to borrow the truck to find him, I'm sure you can.
0: Cool. I'll just ask him that at lunch today. First order of business. Can I borrow your truck whenever I want to? I don't have any reason for it, although you know, maybe I'll maybe I'll steal his trees. Yeah, you can borrow his truck to take the trees from my house. <laughs> That's beautiful. Poetic justice and irony. <laughs> So usually we have this uh, sound effect where the ice comes out of a bucket into the the big
2: ice thing. Is it
0: even what is, a, that called? is it
2: even an ice Is it even an astro show if we don't hear the ice drop?
0: Maybe we we have to wait until the, it the rolls ice up. drops. <laughs> we'll, yeah, we'll go as long. I, mean, I think it's as just a as it
2: just looks like just a sink.
0: It's just a deep sink where they dump. I mean that ice. looks like a cooler thing, right? There's a cooler thing with a, a door on it and the. Keeps it closed, and there's one of the actually the engine on the uh, the milk machine, the Silver King milk machine just kicked into gear. It's one of those things with that kind of heavy uh, metal handle. Why do
2: those milk machines have those giant bell-shaped solid handles?
0: I don't know. It's odd, but it's it's a satisfying way to pour milk. I, I think. Is it to keep like? Well okay the to keep it from there's a huge amount of milk in there right there's like probably a few gallons in of a milk bag, I'm there's like a five gallons of, right exactly of milk in this like refrigerator thing and then there's a
2: handle and anyone and know, and like a child of our age probably had them in elementary school right
0: right i had them at boarding school i remember and i think that it's because you'll have to open a fairly large you know like i, I imagine the system inside is something like um you know kind of looks like a trap door or something like that 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 gets slid aside for the milk to come out, and just a certain amount of uh, energy is needed to make that happen. Physics.
2: But why would the weight...
0: I don't know, speculate
2: it in our remaining moments. If anyone out there has any deep knowledge of how milk machines work, could you send us an email explaining it? Yeah. So we don't have to Google it? At theastropod at
0: gmail.com. Yeah. Please rate and review us. On uh, iTunes because that's what people say. We to do. won't
2: respond to any emails unless you also forward a receipt for purchasing my wife's book.
0: That's right. The deeper the water, the uglier the fish. Out on Two Dollar Radio by Katya Apakina, A P E K I N A. Get it today. Get it often. Any words of wisdom to leave us with? Is what we do. This is it. Yeah, this is it. Oh wow! Counting down the seconds.
2: I just can't wait to pee.
0: That's right. So it's a bathroom break for us. And for you, it's, it's a break from inanity <laughs> and bros <laughs> eating food. Sorry. Deep apologies. See you next week.